Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time about. for Mortgage Matters. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. It's the, uh, oh, the middle of August here, we'll call it. There's no Dan Podesto today. There's only the Mike Points. Good morning, everyone. I shouldn't say only. We're so lucky to have Mike Points. We kind of are lucky. Yeah. Almost didn't make it today. <laughs> we just need to build new opens with, you know, all the different names of the guest hosts in it, I think. Yeah? Yeah. That's a good idea. Jason Grody and Mike Points. Dan Podesto and Mike Points. I think I'm up to double-digit visits What's now. Jason, when we have the Jason and Jason thing going on. You know, yeah. that'd be good. That's, right? that's that the catchy. Jason Squared Show. Jason Squared Show. So, you know, I just have to build new opens. All right. Yeah. Let me know how they turn out. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I'll approve them or not. Well, in January, we're going to have to get rid of Obama on it anyway. Yeah, who will we have? What's your prediction? Hmm. What's the lesser of two evils, I think? That seems to be the theme yeah. on the yeah. social media. Yeah. Hillary has presented her tax returns, so we'll see if Donald Trump steps does up to the, the plate. same thing, yeah. I'm I thinking... Only, I can I'm, only imagine Do you that. even care, though? Uh, I'm thinking it's Hillary, but I don't know. Wow. I'm hoping not. But I'm hoping it's not Donald, too. <laughs> I, so, I'm, you know. I'm really concerned that either uh, way we're going to have a full-blown, like, bloodshed revolution uh, i'm just saying some kind of civil war yeah, yeah. that's actually an interesting point they both they both terrify me <laughs> yeah right so your, i kind of wish current, it... your current interest rate doesn't matter because come two years from now <laughs> yeah well no you'll we'll still have, have to man. pay it whatever whatever happens i don't think we're going to like a full-on like anarchy did Here's... you see that guy trying to climb the tower the trump with tower? the suction cups yes yeah did i heard he that? was a window cleaner and they just got confused. Yeah. Oh? No, that's not true. Because <laughs> he didn't seem to have any window cleaning. No, pretty like, much. Oh, he wanted to meet Donald like, or something. You do that sometimes. You get on the ladder, yeah. you're about to clean the gutter, and you're like, oh, I forgot yeah. this. Forgot, forgot the squeegee, <laughs> the water, the towel. Yeah, like, forget that those windows, <laughs> those windows and those I was forgetting everything. I felt lighter. I felt yeah. lighter this uh, time. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, I Crazy. At times, still struggle with understanding why that's illegal. To climb the outside of a multi-story high-rise? Sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can kind of that's stupid, you, you know? I know it was causing problems in the traffic and yeah. things like this, but if you're going to do it and you're going to fall, it's not like he's going to get injured and, yeah. you know, he's taking care of his own problem if he's unsuccessful. <laughs> There's a <laughs> yeah, problem is it might fall on somebody that happens to be walking by on the sidewalk. Okay, true. <laughs> so yeah, so they, should, they should just put up a yeah. little gated area yeah. at the bottom of like, hey, this is yeah. where the, the morons are going to land. Yeah. The drop zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put a couple chairs in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. There's Jason Grody walking by at the bottom of Trump Tower just minding his own business, and some guy falls on him from the 50th floor. I would be upset with that. Yeah, I think so. All right, I'll take it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody landing on me at all. Yeah, that's a yeah. in anywhere I go. Please no. don't land on me. <laughs> Probably not. 
<laughs> from any height, I, I consider it unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, Dan's taking a little vacation, you know, that um, just a few days go camping, kind of recharge the batteries. Yeah, I bet you can't even listen to the show today. He's probably distraught. Oh, he probably is. I'm guessing he like MacGyvered some sort of radio out of <laughs> He's a couple, at the top of the couple coconuts. Right now. He well, likes yeah. to, he likes to make sure that uh, that we do it, that we do the show, and that a. we a. right, a. yeah, yeah, B. yeah, yeah, it's and that a, it's quality. You it's know? not a rerun, yeah. um, right. but uh, actually, the streaming is working too. Nine twenty kvdc nine twenty kvc dot com. If I could spit it out, not often you tongue tie a DJ. No, was, no. Anyway, cool. so yeah, as far as I know, the streaming is actually working. Nine twenty kvc dot com. Oh, that's great. So Mike brought some content today. I brought some content today. We'll have plenty to talk about. Um, and you know, as luck would have it, we we're going to talk about housing. That's certainly, yeah. A little bit about loans. Sure. That should happen. Some about the economy. Right. And then, uh, not talking about loans is like waiting around at the end of the birthday party and the cake just never comes out. <laughs> and you're like, we could have left 35 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, well, heck, so let's just start here. I have, here's, let's start with a quiz. You guys want to play? I'm ready. Um, we're going to see sure. which of you can name more of the top five cities, um, the, the most expensive cities for rent. Okay. Mm. How many out of five could you name? Okay. Well, there, cause I, I got the, first? I have the top five. Yeah. I want you to just pick a few. You guys could do it together. In fact, let's see if you can get them all. San Francisco. Definitely. Ding, ding. New York. York. Okay. I would go with, after that, I would probably go to... Um, Los Angeles? I don't think Los Angeles makes the top five. That's my opinion. I think it's going to be something like... Like Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Or No way. Not the Midwest? All, all coastal? I don't think Chicago is expensive, though. The only thing I ever hear about Chicago is that they have a lot of gun trouble. Seattle. That can't be expensive to rent there. What about Seattle? Not Seattle. Cleveland. No. San Diego? All right, so you guys got two, and we now we're falling. Now. Dallas? <laughs> Dallas? And you're Dallas. falling off very hard. Um, wow. The first one, you guys nailed San Washington, D.C. D.C. Yeah, DC. there you go. Oh, good point. Okay. Build up Philly. Nope. No. Close, though. Baltimore, too? You're in the right region over there. Hmm. Boston? Oh. Snooky. Snooky? <laughs> yeah, I know who you're that talking about. That means nothing to either one of you guys? Well, it does. It's only a close hint. Jersey yeah. City's number Jersey, three. Jersey, okay. Washington, D.C. is number four. And then Beantown, number five. Baston. Oh, okay. I just forgot about those places. Yeah. I guess. Not that I should... I don't forget about D.C. I'm going there in October. I just... I guess my... It's good quiz. Yeah, so... Good quiz. Uh, the rent... Now let's play the second half of the quiz. Guess what okay. the rent is for a two-bedroom apartment in San Francisco. The, oh, this is the gosh. median rent for a two-bedroom apartment in San Francisco. Four grand. I'd say 3800 3700 You guys are close. 4450 Wow. I was actually closer. That's high, isn't wow. it? I was closer. Imagine? Four grand. Jersey City. <laughs> rent. Jersey is... City is three thousand eighty dollars median. Wow. Um oh I skipped New York. Forty four fifty. DC what about twenty nine ninety. 
That's surprising. I thought it'd be higher. Boston, twenty nine hundred. Hmm. So basically the same. That's a lot. But in, I'm convinced that you snuck Boston in there just so you could talk like you're Boston. <laughs> I don't get to see. I have to play a Boston mind. tune yeah. coming back. Well, but there's nothing in yeah. here about the car. You know, yeah. I wanted to mention the car, but, but near, near the park, it's <laughs> over at the park. Near the car more. park, actually. <laughs> yeah, and at the car park, that's <laughs> where it gets real high. Wicked high. Uh, yeah. The government says that your rent burdened if you're spending 30% or more of your income uh, cost burdened. And those that are spending more than 50% of their income are considered severely burdened. Mm. Okay. That's right in line with mortgage stuff, really. I mean, we... The federal standards for mortgage qualification and like what you should feel comfortable paying is is somewhere around thirty percent of your gross income. Yeah, Dave Ramsey would chime in there. So that's a good number on your front end. That's not including your other debts. Nice hook into a KVEC show, by the way. <laughs> Dave Ramsey. Yeah, good one. He's not good here pull. now. Uh, there no. it is. He's probably sleeping. Um. <laughs> It's like a syndicated radio show, yeah, Mike. See, now Mike's sad. Every time he walks through the hall, he's like looking in all the open doors. Dave Ramsey in here? No. No, no he's not here. No. Somewhere <laughs> in Texas, I believe. Yeah. Sure. That makes... Um, but yeah, back to the rent thing. You know, if... This is... The, I grew up near San Francisco. have friends in San Francisco. I was just in San Francisco this week. And, um, you know, all this... The city is taken over by young not maybe maybe not millennials per se exactly but you know 25 to 35 year olds everywhere galore it's like a beehive there's a ton of them and i remember growing up in that city it was like an artist city you know you had like the people that have lived there second generation third generation yeah they're gone they can't afford it anymore and these i mean well so what do these new people do for work i drive uber (sighs) no maybe they ride uber a lot of them actually end up working in the city because the city's blown up with tech companies, new startups. They've got jobs. And, you know, San Francisco does a good job of helping out their citizens as well with, you know, a city-supported healthcare system. There's some there's some benefits, if you will, to living in a city such as San Francisco. And you may not have to have a car payment, right? You may not have to have car insurance. But it doesn't make up for the fact it's gonna that... It's going to make your rent a little bit easier to stomach. You could work backwards, right? They got nice public transit there. They do, they do, but you got to if you're doing thir- so back to your, back to the education. everything from cable cars to Bart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back to the education though. Okay, thirty three percent of you know if twenty four hundred dollars is your rent for that one bedroom, if you're splitting it with another someone, then you know you've got to make gross income of seventy five hundred bucks a month. That's easily made there. The average starting salary is one twenty-five. Out of college, out of college. Well, that's why the property values are so high, and the rents are high because people can afford it. We don't exactly have that here on the Central Coast. Well, we don't have as as diverse a job pool. So yeah, you know, here in San Luis, I'd I'd suggest that the median rent for a two bedroom home in Slows. I mean, the new metrics are basic. Used for a while, it was you know. 
It's half. $800 a bedroom. Now you're talking 1000 bucks a bedroom for a two-bedroom place, probably looking at two grand a month, maybe even a little bit more. Yeah, if you've got a detached garage and a nice lawn, you might get up to 2400 for yeah. two-bedroom. Which I'd say is pretty good considering that the employment here is um, a lot more limited in terms of what kind of quality job you're going to be able to find. I, I don't think the starting salary here is anywhere near $125,000 a year. Can't be. No. I also found it interesting, too, that they said that um, severely burdened people are having uh, paying 50% or more of their income and in rent. It's pretty common um, in in home loans. You can, there's several of the programs that will allow you to go clear to a 50% debt to income ratio. So this is going to be calculating the, you know, effectively the same thing, taking your house payment and dividing that by your gross income, you get a debt to income ratio around 50%. You got somebody that's making 5,000 bucks a month, paying a $2,500 a month house payment. You qualify for a mortgage at that. So these programs, and by the way, this is possible by way of Freddie Mac at times, Fannie Mae, um, the VA loans will actually go well over 50. Have you run into a maximum on VA yet? I have not. The biggest one I ever did was somebody who had like a 65% debt to income ratio. And I'll tell you why it wasn't. It didn't feel predatory to me in this case. It was a doctor who bought a practice and the cash flow of the practice was much more than what we were able to calculate. So Hmm. we sort of did like this average of the previous two years that was very conservative and that led to like a 68% debt to income ratio. Mm-hmm. However, the real life cash flow in this situation was significantly better. So I think that's ultimately why that loan was made, but still, I mean, that's if 50% is severely cost burdened, what is 68%? Hyper severe. Hyper severe. <laughs> Insanely severe cost burden. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that are renting will say, too, that there's an ease factor to renting. And, you know, you don't have to pay property tax. Sure. You don't have to pay, you know, potentially you don't, if you don't have 20% down. Hey, and if the garbage disposal breaks, you just yeah call the landlord. Yeah. But, you know, be fair to yourself. I mean, prices go up almost yearly. If not yearly, you've got a cool landlord and they go up every three years. But, <laughs> you know, you got to get yourself in my opinion you got to get yourself in if it's right for you if it's not right for you just rent you know find a way to own because there's some huge pluses to owning and not just equity talking about the internal stuff you know imagine paying getting your same paycheck you've always been getting making a house payment and then when you go to do taxes next april you get a six thousand dollar check because you get to write off interest yeah there's some perks with it at the same time, imagine owning a home and then the roof goes bad and now you get to buy a $15,000 roof. Sure. <laughs> That's why you should Look at me. I'm going to be here on the air. I'm just going to play devil's advocate to everything you say. I'm going to talk people out of buying homes today. It's got to be right for you. And I know that um, from owning a house two years now, it's scary. There's some times where you're just like, man, I really don't. But how great do you feel when you're laying on your back in your bed at night and you're thinking about your little footprint? Like I kind of picture it like those like glowing walls that just extend up to space (laughs) and this great universe on earth, there's this little postage stat part 
right there in California. Yeah. And nobody that's, can like come mine. and say, hey, we're going to sell this house and you're probably yeah. going to have to move here in a month or two. Yeah. 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 Except for I yourself, wanna, of course. If <laughs> I want to have a cat, I can have a cat. Yeah. And I don't want to have a cat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a cat guy. Yeah. You don't have to pay an extra Mike. cleaning deposit for that dog you might want to get. Yeah. I have three cats. <laughs> we should have had a quiz at that. I would have guessed four. Yeah. There's always a there's always a chance. It seemed like a cat guy. Oh, you want to have kids? Got to move. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. When I got my house, it was a rental before, and you know, I, the family that this is probably off topic, but just wrapping up, the family that was there. We got two hours, man. Go they ahead. They had been renting for a long time, and um, when we got the house. You know, there it was, was in rental condition. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just call it that. Um, they didn't pay attention to every little thing that they could have to keep the house well-maintained. Sure. But they had a little baby. And so I, I, you know, I went and old school, went and sat down with them at the kitchen table and was like, Hey, what is going to work out for you? And we worked on a date where they moved out. And literally as they were driving down the road, I'm like pulling up the carpets you know, getting the paint out of the truck, getting ready to change this thing to make it mine. And maybe the three most painful or sorest days of my life physically, but every night I went to sleep, it was like, man, this whole thing is mine. Working on my house. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good feeling. I put an American flag up within like three hours. <laughs> With a cat flag right below it. <laughs> they don't have them in the, the actual American flag size. No, so it's really, maybe that grumpy cat one though. It's quite dwarf. So I just got a mailbox. What kind of cats do you have? I got a cat mailbox. Are they like purebred, like fancy cats? Do you have a hairless cat? Oh God, no, no, no. They're all domestic. Somebody with a hairless cat is offended right now that you said, "Oh God, no." Somebody's like currently petting their hairless cat. <laughs> you can't please everyone. Upset you know, it with you. I mean, you know what's sad, and we could get Donald Trump on this apparently at the beginning of the year if he wins. American flags are made in China. Yeah, except for like one flag company. Hey, newsflash! Yeah, it's really kind of sad. The flag, yeah. Newsflash: There's a yeah. lot of stuff made in China. I know. Yeah, these but, micro these microphones are made in China. <laughs> I know. Did so, you guys see that story about that American family that wanted to live off only American-made products for a year or something? Yeah, well, it was they a died years real ago. quick or something. I don't know. No, it was hard though. Yeah, yeah. It was hard. It was hard to find American-made products. Yeah, it's sad. Well. Yeah. Certain things still made in America are really great, though. Are you talking about, talking about buying a house or renting a house? Um, it, a few years ago, it was that we said you had to have kind of a long-term plan. Don't go buy a house if you have a one-year, two-year, three-year plan. Didn't seem like the right time to do so. Um, some data released this week would suggest otherwise. Realty Track, which is a pretty reputable firm, they they're have access to some pretty epic data and do a good job compiling it and making it digestible for folks like us. They uh, put together some stats on home flipping. Remember home flipping? Yeah, that's a show on TV, right? Yeah. Mm. I always get a kick out of those shows. Well, it's back. It can happen. Mm -hmm. So you got to first, you got to define it. If you want to talk about it, you got to define it. So home flipping is defined as a property that's bought and resold within a one year period. Mm hmm. The activity in quarter one of 2016 is up 3% year over year. Um, I'm sorry, 20% in quarter one and 3% year over year. 
We're in home flipping time right now. Is that real estate is so lucrative right now that people are again buying homes, knowing that with a little bit of carpet and paint, mm. just go ahead and flip it for a profit. Yeah. When the waves are good, a bunch of surfers come out, right? Yeah. So he said, uh, this time around, though, a little bit different than last time, 71% of house flippers paid cash for the home. Yeah. Guess what it was um, pre-crisis? Mm. How many, what percent of people paid cash for their home? I'm thinking a third. Uh, yeah, 27%. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty close. That's kind of more than I thought. That was a, like an yeah. era, I know, because I was underwriting back then. Um, that was an era where you could buy property 100% financing, no problem. Cash was foolish. Right? Yeah, why would you waste all... Why risk all that capital? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you could just get 100% financing from the bank with no income, no credit, no assets. That's just, where you had the hairdresser buying five homes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a real thing, by the way. She had two loans on each. Crazy. Buy a house. Take some cash. And out. laugh. I bought four owner-occupied properties on the same day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. Who helped you mastermind that? Yeah. Right. And how <laughs> are we paying? Had a whole us? team certainly, of deceitful people. That's awesome. Yeah. Four different loans. Good officers. job. Yeah. 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 Good. And we wonder why we had so much trouble. Mm-hmm. By the way, today that is. I want to tell you guys, it was kind of the wild west. Before I got into this business. Um, there's tales of people that did loan applications in triplicate. <laughs> like it was literally just everything was handwritten, very difficult to get anything done. Mm-hmm. And of course, then those paper files were like shipped by an overnight service to somebody who then, you know, unless something popped right out of them, they would have no <laughs> no real idea of whether or not your transaction was legitimate or if you were even the real buyer or whatever. Right. Today, the software that these companies are using, including us, it's wildly impressive. CoreLogic, yeah. Yeah, well, not only that, but you do, you know, one of the things that we run now is every loan has like a MERS registration number on it. MERS is the Mortgage Electronic Registration System. Yeah. And basically, every person that owns real property and every property that's owned has this database of people and transactions and and you get to see who the lenders are. And um, anyway, if you wanted to go down today and try to dupe a couple people into closing two owner-occupied loans for you on the same day, two different properties, you know, if you found those agents that would all help participate in that, well, we'd nail you right there just based on the way that the, the computer systems and softwares talk to one another. You're just not going to get away with that anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of a nice thing. The new, this new era, it's getting harder for people to play those games. Yeah. I mean, something to look at if you're a cash buyer, right? Like, is this market wildly deflate or inflated? You know, it's cash in there. I mean, most these, you're taking all the risk. One of the things we talk to our borrowers about is, Hey, you might be able to purchase this with, you know, 75% down, but why do that? I mean, why don't you share 50, 50 with the bank, the risk of market correction? I want to do a commercial break. And when we get back, I want to tell you guys a funny story about, uh, that leverage idea. Um, so let's do it. Jim, you ready? I am ready. Just got to hit the space bar here. All right. Jim's going to hit the space bar. We're going to take a quick break. and We'll be back with more mortgage matters. 
To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21-day close. We get you fully pre-approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 01839608. NMLS number 328358. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Had to work away at Scott McKenzie end of the show here. San Francisco. Flower power. <laughs> oh, my dad, if my dad were here, I'd, uh, I'd, I know. I'd cue him to tell us this joke right now that he has about, um, I think it's called Sam Clam's Disco. Yeah. Anyway, I wouldn't get it right. It has yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. in it, I think, and he dies and goes to heaven. Somebody has a thing like a disco. Anyway, could be funny <laughs> to follow that up, but I don't remember it. Hmm. Um. Oh, I was going to say you started to talk about leverage and that Story. idea of if you could pay for it, why would you let the bank share in it with you? Um, that's an interesting idea. And I think you could make a really sound argument either way about why you should or shouldn't leverage property. But uh, I I ended up, um, when I was working, oh, the first underwriting job that I ever had, I was I kept underwriting all these loans um, from Phoenix. It was all the raised. So, I mean, we're talking 2002, 2003. Guys here from San Luis... Southern California, all over the place, buying up these fourplexes mm-hmm. in 
Phoenix and the surrounding area out there, mm-hmm. right? And when you look at them, they weren't much to look at. Mm. Be like a, you know, piece of flat, sandy dirt desert area with this perfectly rectangular, I mean, talk about a complete and total lack of architectural features. This is like a rectangular deal with a flat roof, mm-hmm. right? Like with those volcanic rocks on top of it, you know? Oh, sure. I dropped it out of a plane with a parachute. Fourplex. You got like a door here and a door here, kind of mirrored, right? And then around the back side of it, same thing. Two more doors in front of each unit, a couple parking places, and then just dirt and sand. I can see it. You buy one of these things for, you know, 100,000 bucks. And they rented for about $400 a unit. Okay. So you're up 300% on what your costs are. Seemed wild. So anyways, you have these guys. If you were if you were going to the right cocktail parties and running with the right crowd, somebody would bring you into the fold on this pretty quick. You know, you got a guy. Yeah, something like that. There's just an op, you know. Yeah. A wow. For instance, right there. Yeah. On the win- just typed in fourplex Phoenix. How much is it? 229. Uh, so they came back. Yeah, 229. That's for not, that not might, that really a whole kinda, lot. You kind of ruined yeah. my story here, Jim. Sorry. Well, anyway, these houses, they everybody was buying them up because, and even on the four unit, kind of made a little bit of sense, you know? If there's a four unit property and you had a tenant in each unit, if one of them you were having trouble collecting from or there was a vacancy or whatever, I mean, yeah. the other three were still, like basically you might lose your profit for a month or part of it, but you're still going to be able to cover the nut off of the other couple of, you know, two, three units that we're paying. Sure. So it's pretty common now, um, even in today's guidelines, you usually make four loans to one individual, four financed properties to one individual. So that's what we got. We got these by the fours. Um, wouldn't be uncommon for Jim to call up and say, I am buying four fourplexes in Phoenix. And they're each $100,000. That's what it was in the beginning, $100,000. Mm-hmm. And the down payment would be anywhere from 0 to 5%. Um, five, probably the most common. So he'd, he'd haul in with 20000 bucks to lay down for the four fourplexes, getting 16 units. And um, so anyway, people started catching on to this. And then, of course... And it seemed like they had a, a never-ending supply of these things out there. Um, if you could buy more and more and more, why not, right? I mean, you should buy as many as you can. They started going for 150, 160, 180, 200. And all of a sudden, we see these guys that are showing up to buy, you know, four fourplexes and they're paying $250,000 for them. And now they're basically at like a break even. Because the rent's not exceeding at that rate. No. Or increasing, excuse me. So bottom line was, and this is kind of where the funny thing about the leverage thing goes, is I I'd, I'd, I'd called my dad up and I said, Dad, at the time he had a, you know, his house, no loan, free and clear. Sure. Say, hey, let's do a loan on your house. Take out a hundred grand. Buy some of these fourplexes. Yeah. Let's play Monopoly. I mean, you can't lose really can't lose and he said nah son i don't think so that 
not really my speed. You know, I know some people that do things like that. So dad, that's totally what your dad would say. <laughs> you got, you got yourself, you're doing it wrong, dad. These guys, you have dead equity. It's if I gave you a hundred thousand dollars and you, would you bury it in your basement? Just dig a hole under the house and leave it in there. Cause that's I mean, effectively what equity is. Well, it can go in the drywall too. It's an asset doing absolutely nothing. Said, nah, it's my house. I'm not going to play with that. Oh, you're crazy. I read this book. There was this book about leveraging real estate and, you know, how they, how you trade those, you know, the four green houses for the one red hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, needless to say, I mean, this was back 2002. Like I said, it was like my first real mortgage job. So I was young and naive. I feel a bit differently about these things now than I did then. Plus your, yeah. But try as I might, I couldn't convince him. He wouldn't do it. And obviously a short couple years later when that market collapsed, those homes were selling for 50, 60,000 bucks. Very difficult to rent out because, you know, it was just saturated. Um, anyway. Sure. I ended up thanking the everything I know how to thank that I didn't successfully convince him to take a bunch of money out of his house to buy those headaches. And um, so anyway, that's sort of like where once I sort of recovered from that and thought, man, I, I'm really, really happy that I didn't squander my dad's money away with all this like ill-informed advice about leveraging things down and being speculative. Um, then I started, I said, maybe I should read a book about why you should pay your house off, you know, get, get down to the, the more conservative side of what you might do. Um, and so today I think I probably err on the more conservative side. You know, I, I'm of that mindset. I, I like to think of people who just pay their house off. Like think about the people, you know, today, the wealthiest ones, you know, um, usually buy a house, own it for 30 years. And pay that thing off eventually. Yeah. Ideally sooner. But that's your best way of, of gaining wealth and figuring out, you know, how to retire. I think we question, is life that simple? You know? Is it that easy? Is it I just, think it is. It can be. I think it is. It can be. It's got to... Well, and this is one of the things, maybe it's just the old-fashioned sentiment there, but yeah, you nothing in life comes particularly easy, so... You got to take the stairs instead of the elevator. The dudes that got on the elevator, oh, I just put, you know, I took all the money out of my 401k and bought all these properties in Phoenix because that's how I'm going to get rich. That guy's trying to take the elevator. The sure. guy taking the stairs, ah, it's got this roof over my head and I just keep paying for it every month. And one day it's going to be all mine with no more payments. And then, look, you get down to the end of it. Which one do you which one do you think, especially after this recent real estate snafu that this whole country just went through, which one do you think proves to be the smarter game plan? I think there's an in between. Yeah, there's an in between, but how many people do the in between? Well, that's how you make money. <laughs> <laughs> Get good at the in between and you can be the guy on the escalator. You follow me? Yeah, in between the stairs, yeah. I gotcha. I thought that was good. Anyways, I can hear you clapping at home. <laughs> no but, one's clapping, Mike. <laughs> that's folks. That's not even that was 
Outstanding <laughs> clapping. That's not even a clapping button. That is Jim clapping. That's not a clapping button. Yeah, this isn't I'll like give some Kramer. applause. This isn't I'll Kramer. give some props here. Yeah. Thank you. That is that is a real life, it, old fashioned, <laughs> organic clap. Right. There Jim's is. giving us Betty clap. <laughs> <laughs> but what does the escalator mean? It means get in early, but be wise. You know, don't hold on to that thing. You've got four renters, and someone else is going down to the bank to buy. Sell it to that guy. Your so money. your house that you have now when a couple years down the road when, um, you know, are you going to move out and rent it to some college kids to undo all that? Yes. Pride of ownership thing you did in it. And then you're just going to buy another one. Yes. There'll be a breakup, but it's a strategy. You know, for me, it's, um, it's what I want to do. I want to own property. I'm getting, shall I say wiser every day, but I'm not jumping in. I mean, that takes three years to set up. You know, I'm not going down and saying, I don't own any investment property today. Yeah. I don't either. I'm not going to. Yeah. I'll own commercial property and I'll own something that doesn't have like water or tenants. Like I'm a big fan of like mini storage. I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh yeah. But, uh, good luck getting into that. Another funny thing. This was back, you know, again, like right at the beginning side of this recession, but I had a vacation home and, um, you know, income and these things got tight. The economy was turning. So it was time to find a tenant to rent the vacation home and, and sort of share in some of that, mm -hmm. uh, expense for me. So I was an underwriter. So I know how to calculate debt to income ratio. I know how to assess somebody's character and credit worthiness. I mean, I, I know these things. It's what I do for a living. So I advertised my property for sale. I got some applications and I chose accordingly. For rent. Oh, yeah. You said sale. Uh, for rent. Sorry. That's okay. So I got paycheck stubs and I got credit reports and I, of course... Did like the kind Verified. of underwriting I would do. Yeah, man. I checked references. I mm -hmm. looked at, you know, I, I QC'd the asset statements to make sure I wasn't getting snowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went 0 for 6 with leases. Oof. Oh, yeah. Partially, it was a little bit due to the economy, but at the end of the day, a lot of it was just there was all the tenants that I was running into didn't think that leases were that important. And then what I came to realize is that the most important thing to me at that time was getting it re-rented to somebody else and hopefully not suffering the same fate again. And so, um, you know, that's what you do. Instead of pursuing them legally, you go take all the, all the crap they left all over the place. One guy left a broken car mm -hmm. in the driveway. And then all of a sudden it was like, I mean, it was worthless. That's why you left it. But mm -hmm. now... I have this like yard trophy in my house that I'm trying to rent to other people. And they're like, mm -hmm. who, whose car is that? Well, that's the old guy's car. And so then I try I call these people like, Hey, there's a car here. These people left this car and they're like, Oh, well you're going to have to do all these things, go through all this paperwork to try. You got to like lean sell it before. Are you kidding me? It was like the process was going to take all this time and stuff. So all I did was I ended up just pushing it out into the road <laughs> My parents actually had a house. <laughs> Let's be clear. You pushed it to the side of the road 
And then you called like a tow truck company yeah. that there was a weird car in front of uh, It wasn't a very busy road, and yeah. I kind of pushed it right into the road. And yeah. then I just called the police, and I said, hey, there's an abandoned car in the <laughs> in road. My house. And that car was gone in about an hour. It didn't have a registration to that house. And I didn't have to house. pay for oh. it all. Yeah. You, you just transfer liability to the city, county. Well, there needed to be a better thing in place to like get somebody's junk off your property. They did force you. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I, there was multiple things like that where I realized that, um, like I had another thing one time where I, I had some tenants that were refusing to pay the rent. They just outright refused. And that was very difficult. Um, that's a tough position to be in where you're what state was it California? Yeah. 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 Well, and you got to pay, like I still had to pay the mortgage. Sure. So I have this problem where these guys refuse to pay the rent and now they're there. (laughs) There's a problem with all their cats. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) my parents actually had a house in Fresno for a while that they rented out. And this has been a few years ago, but the parent, the people moved out and turned the power off. Oh yeah. And left food in the refrigerator. Perfect. So they wound up having to go through and like, um, replace the linoleum in the kitchen, replace the refrigerator actually. And then, um, also carpeting. My because dad the food kind of leaked out. Everywhere. Oh, sure. Yeah. My dad had a job mm-hmm. one time yeah. in Big Bear um, back when he used to live there. These tenants fell on tough times. They were out of a tough time paying the rent. So the landlord yeah. went through the usual remedies of like doing the eviction process, which took like 90 days to get it done. Mm-hmm. So during that 90 days, these yeah. guys, like I said, they were having tough times. They were having tough. They they got their utilities shut off, and, and Big Bear gets cold. It's like winter, yeah. so these guys just started burning stuff. They burned all the cabinet right. doors. They burned the doors. Oh, that's they, nice. Uh, they burned basically anything that would burn, yeah. including the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up, you know, once you pull back the carpet, usually there's some wood down there. Mm-hmm. So they ended up just starting to chunk away the floor, um, and. And by the way, when when I'm saying burning, some of this stuff, they obviously didn't have like good saws and things like this because because they needed to burn bigger pieces of wood. They ended up just burning out a section of the floor in the middle of the living room. Oh, and that's ev- great. Well, Let's yeah, and evidently it, it got too smoky. <laughs> so then they uh, managed to like break a big hole in the roof so that it would vent. Well, that's Did you, uh, well, that yeah. helps. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, they I didn't. Mean, you know, they didn't die of let's carbon Let's not do like a fireplace or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it can get pretty extreme with what tenants will go to. So anyway, Mike, when you get to that point, I wish you better luck. Yeah. Um, I think today it's like you. You kind of wanted, and maybe it's different here, but you probably want to have a property manager and you know get a little help in that. Well, game. that's where because yeah, my family actually after that, my, my well, it was my mom and dad. They they. Um, they wound up getting a property manager that would go by and check the property every once in a while. I mean, See, they can't go in, but they can actually you drive could, by. With a twenty-four and, hour notice, you well, could go in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they could, but they could actually drive by and make sure that the front yard was looking good, the front of the house, yeah. you know, anything you could see from the street looked good, and they did, and it helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It helped a lot. My uh, escalator people that I sit down with my clients that have multiple clients or excuse me, multiple rental properties. I think they've had the most success mm-hmm. when the homes are kind of like in their yeah. neighborhood, in their community. Right. You know, they can run to the store and on the way home, mm-hmm. swing by the property. Just, it gives them a sense of security, but it also gives them a sense of 
closeness, you know, and, and think about this, Jay's talking about, yeah. you know, you get vacancy, you get, you know, you have a lease open up when you live in that community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you can simply start asking your, your close friends, your, your peers Rolodex, and, like, right. Hey, you know, anyone that, well, not to mention good. right now, rentals are even so cutthroat yeah. that it's, you wouldn't have trouble finding a replacement renter today, Mm-mm. you know? If we've completely convinced you to be an investment property owner after this segment, you should know that the good is you can put 25% down and own a property right now. I mean, you can, if that property is vacant, then we get to take um, the appraisal market value of that property, use use 75% of that market value and, and apply it towards your income to qualify. Right, Jay? I mean, many times you can also get a rental that's already a rental. Yeah, you're you're right about that. Um, and so that rental that that lease exists. It's yours. You take it over at the close of escrow, and so you could work your way in to this market, get a feel for it, put your foot in the deep end, or you could do what you're doing, or you could do what I'm doing: buy a house, live in it, live in it for twelve months. I mean, you've already been there for longer. No doubt, you'll be there for longer than that. But that's a good way to get to it too, because you could you're going to have to make the cash pencil at some point, but the reality is you could buy a house a lot less than 25% down if you're willing to live into it yeah. for 12 months. Brilliant point. Brilliant point. I mean, cause, yeah. cause that's a, I mean, for most people, when you talk about putting 25% down, where's that got to come from? And if you're talking about buying a house in San Luis Obispo, mm-hmm. what's the median home price now in San Luis? 600 grand? 625. That's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, that's really a lot of might money. Might be lower than six twenty five, but yeah. Anyway, it's a lot of money. I'm calling six hundred grand. It's I a know. lot of money. So twenty percent, one hundred and twenty grand. That's a phone call to mom and dad. Twenty five percent, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> hey, I got this idea. Yeah. No, but I got in. You know how hard my dad would laugh at me if I called him and asked him for one hundred fifty yeah. grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a funny joke, Jason. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> there's no way. I don't think right. they're right. If I got all of my family members together, and by the way, I like to think that they respect me reasonably well, but if I got them all together in a room and was like, hey, look, you guys pull your resources like because shareholders. I've got a plan and I need 150 grand, they would go, you know, we've always thought you were a pretty smart guy, but you've clearly lost it now. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. We thought we were coming over for ribs. Yeah. Kind of back to the, the right, totally, <laughs> totally. Get, what, what you're not like announcing that we're having a fancy dinner? Hmm. <laughs> if we go back to like the, I'd the, probably give him ribs though. If I was trying to get 150 grand. If you go back to like the the, <laughs> the mortgage, off. like the person that is like watching over the property for you, mm-hmm. property real estate manager, yeah. property manager. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, when you do get a problem, like people that don't want to pay rent and stuff, can. They can actually help you too, because they, oh, they know. probably would more, know more of the laws and, right. and being able to get Certainly. them to pay the rent. They don't need know. help. They right. don't need help. They know how to do it because they, they want the to get processes. paid too. Because they take a percentage of That's what right. you correct you collect from the rent. So they they want to get paid. So no, and I help don't. You out. I don't mean to suggest yeah. at all that being a landlord is not a good idea or that owning investment property is not a good idea. I do think that it it is the right um, thing to do in certain cases. Um, but I think you also got to be willing to deal with what that means and. If you're going to choose to do it yourself, then you're the one that's responsible for all those things, the abandoned car or the people burning yeah. a hole in the living room floor versus if you have a, a property manager to help you, they're your partner in the management of that. Mm-hmm. That's great. 
but now they're going to be at a fee, you know? Certainly. So property managers, there's a variety of different ways that they're compensated, but, um, you know, some of which are a monthly portion of the rent, some, you know, and, and, and by the way, there's different management plans. Sometimes you could use a property managers to help you, you know, place a tenant. Yep. Find find a tenant and yep. just for a one time fee and then you'll take it from there. That's correct. There's others that want to be the full service thing and refuse to do just the tenant placement like part of the whole yeah, thing. You got them you on know? a tainer, water heater goes, you never know about it until yeah. the invoice shows up. Yeah. So look at that. I just bought a water heater. <laughs> and you'll be why is it always the water heater that you default to? Like and the water heater goes out. It, have you ever had a water heater go out? I never have. Me either. I never have. I know they go out, but they must, right? I mean, there's a whole, in, there's a whole like industry. Well, I think there's usually like you know some sort of like clue they're starting to go. Yeah, like you know maybe your water is kind of not getting real hot or like it's leaking a little bit. Yeah. Usually, what happens though is that the bottom rusts out. Yeah. Okay. And and then once it like it rusts and it fatigues and it gets thin and it starts uh, to have these pro like you it, it literally goes from holding water to filling up your garage with water if it's not nowadays the code is like they sit in a, a little bucket. that like drip pan drip and then pan. they've got a emergency drain that goes somewhere else hopefully outside into like a flower bush or something so yeah usually when that happens that you just you come home to like Hopefully no water and the thing is drained into its emergency drain and you're like, oh, that's too bad. But the other way is you'll just come home to find your garage or something full of water. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, it keeps trying to fill up because it's dumping out of the bottom and fills from the top. So that's good times. Mm, I didn't think about that. I recently did take my water heater. Um, I thought it wasn't working as well. Turns out, I guess it was all in my head. But so I took it out to see if it was full of, you know, like the calcium and all that down in mm -hmm. the bottom. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. It was totally clean. Mm. It was just in my head. So It's good that you think about stuff like that. Well, it was like the water. I felt, I think it's just because my kids are taking longer showers. But I was just like, man, we've lived here yeah. for years. Yeah. And this used to be enough water for us to like take a shower. And now I get in the shower in the morning, like usually after the kids, mm -hmm. you know. And then I'm like taking a cold shower. So there's something wrong yeah. with this water. You know, well, your but. kids are getting older too. Is like where the appearance is starting to oh, come into play. Oh, yeah. We're doing now hair. Now we're in junior high school. And it's like, yeah. hey, I got to look cool oh, for yeah. school. And I can't, you know, the smell. Yeah, we got hair product. All uh, the body right, spray. Is, so, yeah. yeah. That's right. Went from that like you <laughs> begging and bribing begging them to, like, to take dude, a shower I and brush their teeth, and now they're like, uh, I can't, you know, I can't go anywhere without doing it. Getting all dolled up, yeah. Mm -hmm. Beaver wannabes, yeah. Spe <laughs> speaking of those guys, today is my son's birthday. Actually, wow. Well, maybe we'll have to play the birthday song. We'll play the birthday song when we come back. I doubt they're listening anymore. Happy oh, birthday, yeah. Tucker. My wife listens sometimes. My mother listens sometimes. Last night, Tucker, we're going to the lake after the radio today. And, but Tucker said, what time is the radio show over? <laughs> it's turning 12 today. So I've been doing this radio show since he was like five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. to his defense, the time's changed a couple of times, but it's been getting out at 11 for a while. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's, he's, a, it's another way for him to show you that he loves you. Yeah. Like, do you have to go? You have to yeah. come in here. Well, he hasn't been here since the new building, so right. you have to bring him yeah. to the new building. Yeah. So, yeah, happy birthday, Tucker. Tucker's turned 12 today. Wow. Happy birthday, Tucker. Yeah. Um, well, we, since we talked about investment got, properties, let's let's finish that up real quick. Please. Um, because you mentioned a couple of things. I always like to point these things out to people. Um, minimum down payment for investment property, if you're going to identify it as, hey, I'm going to rent this thing out, uh, minimum down payment you're talking about usually going to be 20%. There's some cases where it's a lot more. Um, for example, if you're buying like a $700,000 house and going to get one of those like super conforming loans for non-owner, and in those cases, you can need to put as like 35% down. Um, so that can get expensive, but anyways, there's different down payment options available, but typically you need to be able to like probably have 20% just to kind of get this conversation going on or know where you're going to get 20% from that 20% on an investment property usually cannot be a gift. Correct. It needs to be your money either harvested from one of your assets, be it your house or your retirement or your savings account or whatever. It needs to be your money. And then like you said, Mike, um, it can, you can qualify with offsetting the rent. So if you end up with, like, let's say you, your primary residence, you know, like we were doing all these numbers, you make 10,000 bucks a month and your primary residence is 2,500 bucks a month. So if you buy a house that's got a $3,000 a month debt service, cause it's an expensive rental property, you might not qualify for that. Right. But if you can rent it or show that it's rented, we'll order an appraisal with a comparable rent schedule and operating income statement. We'll accept 75% of what the appraiser deems the fair. rent, the fair rent price for that, and then use that to offset the actual mortgage payment. And then in that case, you're that's sort of how you can get into that. So some people can afford to be landlords, even though they feel like they're um, not going to be able to qualify for that. So it we always learn about these people that qualify themselves and don't know all the rules. So, anyway, hey, it's the top of the hour break. We can get forced out here for about five minutes. So, go ahead and uh, do what you got to do. We'll be back in five minutes for another hour of Mortgage Matters. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. For anybody in the audience who's got a birthday today, happy birthday to you. Birthday song. It's the live version of the Beatles' birthday. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that. That's new. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I can play off this computer. That yeah, seems like the that. Vatican. Where is that? Uh, no, yeah, gosh. I just meant that. That's like Paul McCartney, like now. Uh, I'm thinking like five years ago. Maybe. No, it's it's yeah yeah soon yeah. current. It's hardly current. the Beatles then. Current. Well, no Ringo. No. That's true. Beatles is you know, or John. Got, and John. That's right. not John either. So it is a. It's Paul but, McCartney. But they're saying the but Beatles they birthday it song. The Beatles. Oh well, it's good. Still worked out, didn't it? I mean, I ain't mad at you. Come no. On. Thanks for the nod. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Well, we are. It's not exactly George Harrison standing next to him either. Yeah. No, it's no. Paul McCartney. Never uh, saw. Never saw Paul McCartney. I saw the Stones. I actually. Waited on Paul McCartney in a restaurant. Really? Wow. As a waiter. All right, we'll take a break. Tell us this story. Um, Where were you, the Sizzler? No. Where'd you work? Well, it was actually Murray Calendars that was in Pismo. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and he was, uh, he, was uh, he was passing through. What do you and, order? Uh, Let him get to the uh, story. I, yeah, I forgot what he table. ordered, but uh, this guy came in, and I was <laughs> out on the patio and um, area, and he had his back to me, but he had an English accent, and I'm like, Wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Now go on the other side and look through the windows. Like, Sir Oh my Paul gosh. Yes. Did you Sir just Paul. like get to the table and like say blah, 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 blah. Uh, just, like, No, I was actually cool <laughs> because, you know, I was, I was actually cool with him, you know, and uh, actually. Um, You're like, will you sign this key lime pie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got like a really generous <laughs> tip off of something that he signed for me, actually. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a really good one. I sure could have gone home for the rest of the week and not had to worry about it. Sweet. And uh, and for about a week afterwards, or a couple of weeks afterwards, we had people like um, coming in and saying, uh, "We want gym section." <laughs> nice. Because you were Paul a big deal. was saying that we just had a little break in a town called Pismo Beach, a place called Marie Calendars, and um, place called. And it was, it was no longer there, so I can give him a plug. Right. And uh, and uh, and he um, he sent people in for like a week or two afterwards. He's Sweet. talking about us during the show that he did up in the um, huh. Bay Area. Neat, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it was maybe awesome. it was just a really good impersonator. And no, it was definitely him. I've seen a few like. Him. Vegas quality. Yeah, uh, well, you go outside and you uh, see a because uh, I, I didn't pay attention to it, but um, when you go outside and you see a tour bus parked outside, yeah, sure, well, then you kind of got to be somebody. That's, yeah. yeah. So, did he have coffee or tea? Uh, tea, of course. Tea, I believe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. And actually, that's a good question. Yeah, I think it was Linda that was with him. I think he was still. Uh, I think she was still alive. Neat. So, yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. Pretty cool. So I got to wait on a beetle. That's cool. Not a lot of waiters can say that. <laughs> cool. Especially around here. Man, I'm surprised you aspired to do anything else after that. That was awesome. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Speaking of concerts, we should probably talk about the fact that Guns N' Roses are back together. But I will just say this. Did you, uh, did you take the... The T tops off your uh, car on your way to see him. The Trans Am. I saw. I was it. I rock or I rock. Yeah, I rock. No, I didn't. But San Francisco was definitely, definitely happy to have Guns N' Roses. And I got to tell you, I've never seen so many dot comers with badges get out of the way because about one o'clock, that city filled up with people that don't live in San Francisco anymore. Wow, <laughs> it was a wild time. 
I All guess right. we're going to have to play Guns and Roses. We should probably. Wildly off uh, topic now. Probably. I'm getting uncomfortable. I compiled this week the uh, the bond yields mm. for the close of business each day. What do you think about that? I do want to know about that. I have the treasuries right here. Friday, 1.58. This So this is the way back then Friday. Eight days ago, Friday. Okay. Monday, 1.55. Wednesday, 1.51. Thursday, 1.57. That's a pretty good bump in one day, yeah? Mm -hmm. But then Friday, 1.51. Yeah, we closed at 1.5084. So what what dropped that on Friday? What do I think dropped it? Yeah. Surely you must have some data to go along with that. Uh, the only thing I can think of that dropped it that that is really, you know, that could drop it this drastically is the whole Saudi, Iran, OPEC thing going on where, you know. It could be. Could have been the dismal producer price index and retail sales numbers that came out on Friday morning. The July numbers came out. Uh, producer price index was minus 0.4%. Interesting. So when you... Um, and retail sales was minus 0.3%. Those are both dramatically weaker than expected. Kind of maybe showing that the economy's soft. And this on the heels of just a couple Fridays ago, this 1.2% GDP reading. So yeah. you, you really wanted to see both those numbers looking a little bit brighter, sort of make you think that Q3 and Q4 this year were going to be where we make up our not very good GDP growth. I was going to say flat, but it's not flat. It's just dangerously close to flat. Yeah, dangerously. I, yeah, I don't really know what's happening in the sense that we, every, it seems like every two weeks we get this like shimmer of hope and then we have a decent month and then the next month it's just, you know, distraught again. You know what I call it? Because I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm like a metaphors kind of guy. You are. Um, This is this is the good this this happens a lot in the mortgage business. This is something you're going to use this later because you can totally relate. It's like having a car where you replace the tires with squares. Mm. So as you start to roll, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Wham! Ow! What was that? We stopped. Really worked. Wait, no, we're moving. Here we go. 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 Bam! And then like, this is terrible. Every time we sort of start to get some momentum, something just stops us. And then we sort of try to figure out how to regroup and get next thing you know, other things that maybe were not even that expected or suddenly the new bright spot. And we get a little bit of momentum and then we fall right on our face again. I just, I feel like it's been that way. Um, of course, there's been some better runs. We've, it's not sure. all, it's not all just good or bad you know some of the stuff seems like it's been pretty benign um well another thing that's going on right now that i i i'm gonna suggest is gonna have a much bigger impact than what um many people are realizing is this italian um, banking crisis is um i think gonna prove to be probably a pretty global impact and um you know here's the deal 
um, Italy is having like bank stock decline like nobody's business. Um, Italy's second and third largest lenders have plunged by 20 and 37% respectively since the UK vote. Um, and so basically since the UK has left the European Union, Italy is just sort of treading water right now trying to keep up. And it does, it, it makes it, um, it matters. Uh, it really does matter. And the banking system in the Eurozone, I think all of these are coming into the spotlight right now. Prices are plummeting. Um, GDP in Italy is the same today as it was 15 years ago. There's been no change in the GDP of Italy for so long. And so the banks are having trouble with well, profitability. It hasn't stayed the same for 15 years. It's back to where it was. I mean, it's right. If it's on a chart, there's got to be some foothills and a peak and then back down. I'm sure there's some variation, but the bottom line is, is that yeah, you can't. It's, it's just flat. And in this current climate, they're really just struggling on figuring out how to be profitable. Um, and that's a big problem. Italy without growing GDP is still one of the 10 largest economies in the world. So it makes us think that, you know, as it relates to the Eurozone, um, just sort of the banking climate. I mean, last week we talked a little bit about, um, you know, keep getting on this topic. Is the feds ready to raise rates here in the U S what do you think? I mean, most recently what we saw is that there's currently an 18% chance for a September rate hike and a 45% chance right now for a December rate hike. One of the reasons that we can't just go get normal, other than the fact that we keep having this mixed data kind of um, every other month here, something's like, seems like we're building some momentum and then all of a sudden we're just stopped dead in our tracks. But what can the feds do? We look at these other countries, Japan and Germany, both having negative interest rates right now. Right. That's forcing those investors that otherwise might be investing in those economies to just want to buy into the U.S. Yep. These, this 10-year yield here where you're getting 1.5%, that's a lot better than negative over there. And so I think just to play nice in the sandbox to some extent, too, the U.S. is having to sort of figure out – I mean, not only is it – it's a constraint for us not having the global economy be strong. Sure. You can't be the only economy that seems to be doing better than sinking or treading water. Um, but each time you do something like raise rates or these kind of things that would have negative effects on these other economies, too – is I think there's a little bit of a balance there. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up for September um, where, you know, and this is just around the corner now. I mean, here we are. It's already the middle of August. So we'll be leading into this. So I'm expecting over probably going to start happening the first week of September, but we'll see interest rates start to creep up a little bit leading into that rate decision just in case they go ahead and 
um, and say that they're raising the quarter. It is, again, it's only an 18% chance right now that the feds would raise rates in the month of September. Yeah. Hard for me to imagine they would, but we just had two great months in a row of jobs reports. We did. So... Um, We'll be watching, but if we if we dodge the bullet of a rate hike in September, then you'll have a a little bit of a a smooth run um, for the next couple of months leading up to the December meeting. And of course, December of last year was where the Feds raised the rates for the first time in nine years. So uh, we'll be looking there to see if if we're going to experience something like that again. Um, Dan and I have talked a lot about this. It seems like December is an interesting month just to be able to sneak one in. Um, but we'll see, though, because first and second quarter GDP were so bad, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with third quarter and fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you 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 make a great point, Jay. I do think that the U.S. economy has to kind of ally themselves with the rest of these banks that are going through some tough times, times we were going through, you know, Ten years ago, yeah. Well, maybe well, not we ten. We're getting QE, close. When we started doing QE, yeah. You know what was that? 2011. I want to say QE one. The the OG. I would. I almost want to say that that was part of um, TARP. So what? I mean, what are we talking? 2009. That was nine. And again, yeah. So you know, the proverb is a raising tide lifts all boats. It goes the other way too. You know, we're global now. We're all kind of in this game together. USA certainly is like more or less the MVP in the markets. But we were at 2.1 earlier in the year. And now we're down this far. And and we weren't even this low two years ago when I first entered the industry. And we were doing refinances all the time. And I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where you saw in December when they raised the rates, what happened to the, the mortgage Interest rates. They went down, actually. Yeah, it was inverse. Yeah. It was inverse. I'm not and I think it's one rates. of those... I I had some idea that I thought that that could happen because we talked about it. Remember um, the taper tantrum that was talked about for all that time while for the preceding year... Um, so quantitative easing three was deemed operation twist. And the twist was that each of the prior quantitative easing were finite amounts of money that were to be invested on a pretty regular schedule. Mm -hmm. And so what we learned was that Wall Street calculated out when it would be done. Said, oh, if you've got $750 billion to spend and you're spending at... X. 55 billion yeah. a month or whatever it is. Now we know that this is the the time or quarter even or the year right. where that stimulus runs out and if it's not extended what would we expect? Mm-hmm. Well, you could draw those conclusions, you know, depending on what side of the fence you're on, whether that means that the stock market would begin slipping again or all these different things. So quantitative easing 3, operation twist was the twist, there was no amount of money given. So interesting. basically just said, hey, we're going to spend this amount of money until we no longer think that we should. And then we had the feds start saying, hey, the, we're going to begin tapering our spending at some point, And you guys should know that that's coming. So while there wasn't a dollar amount, they started saying they were going to tie it to things like the unemployment rate or the inflation rate, 
basically start to look at the big economic indicators. And so then begin questioning, well, hey, and some of the things weren't clear about this, by the way, like what happens with what happens with the money out of those securities once you begin tapering? Because even today, I mean, the Fed holds something like three trillion dollars worth of mortgage backed securities right now. And these interest rates are very low. So what happens when somebody refinances a home that's part of a security? Well, that's attrition or runoff, as we call it, in that security. So those dollars are coming into the Fed like, hey, you no longer have this loan that's performing. It was refinanced off into what's ultimately going to end up another security that may or may not become part of the feds. What the feds, what we know now is that they've agreed to reinvest those proceeds back into similar instruments. So again, going back to that QE2 and QE3 period where we didn't understand how these things would work, any thought of running out of money stopping, tapering, getting ready to change course on what these stimulus would be would just lead to higher interest rates. And so it gets to that point where what I always like to call it, you know, sort of like, you know, your first kiss in like, you know, middle school or whenever it was. Well, for you, it was probably high school. Nothing? (laughs) Come on. But you know what I was going to say about that, because I think we could always relate is that the anticipation is usually greater than the deed. Yeah. You know, you're like wringing your palms and all nervous and you got butterflies and you're flush and, you know, all these things. And then finally the the kiss. Oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. Which is really you just smashing your face into someone else's. Or getting the cheek. Right. Oh. That's what my wife did to me the first time I tried to kiss her. That's like a loan denial. She turned me the cheek. Yeah. I landed on some cheek and then just was like, really? We had strong eye contact. Yeah. Going in for the kiss and I got the cheek. I took you to Olive Garden. But hey, we got married anyway. And now we've been married for 18 years. And Tucker's 12 today. So I'm going to suggest when the girl gives you the cheek that that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Getting back to topic. Interesting insert. Getting back to topic. So interestingly enough... These different countries around the world are starting to talk those same things, quantitative easing. Yeah, they have to Look at all these different packages. What can be done? How do you help these banks? How do you get frozen credit markets thawed? How do you spur economic growth? How do you get, you know, not only GDP going in the right direction, but cut down on unemployment? All these different things. We got these other countries in the world that are right here facing, they're looking down the barrel of the same barrel we looked down nine years ago. Yeah, but it's a little different over there because the the irrational alternative is exit, right? Take on your own currency. Well, sure, but that, that, I mean... Not a lot of people can just do that, but it's still, that's adding a layer of, shall I say, distraction or, you know, a whole different angle to take. And if the European Union does slowly but surely does that, I mean... That'd be even more interesting for the United States. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to... St- what What happens over the next decade there? You know, I, I mean, it, obviously there's a lot of ramifications that go into that. And I said it then, as did many other people, but we're going to see continued problems over there in the Eurozone as they try to sort these things out. Like, you know, for example, well, I mean, what was it? 40 years 
that Britain was part of the European Union? I don't know the exact stats. It's something like this, 38 or 40 years or something. It's a lifetime. I'll look it up, see if I can find it. It's a lifetime for some people. It's all they've ever known. But so now think about Britain having this vote and coming out of the union. Look at everything they have to do now. You got to come uh, up with trade agreements. Not easy. From countries that right now are feeling pretty slighted by you. Yeah, not to mention you're not invited to the meetings anymore. You're going to find out after the meeting what we're doing. You don't get a say. Anyway, There's we could talk about this all day long. Point is, there's a lot of work that's got to be done over there. There's currently an Italian banking crisis that is very closely related to this. I think it's not going to be the first shoe to drop from these things. So right now, we have these low bond yields again, and then we get these little mixed pieces of data like this week learning about producer price index and um, and retail sales both being uh, pretty disappointing reminds us that um, we're not completely out of the woods yet either. So anyway, we got a, we got some nice respite here on the um, the bond yields from Thursday to Friday. And so next week makes it pretty prime time to be getting uh, a loan if you need one. Refinance loan rates are low. Last week, mortgage application rates were up 7% mm -hmm. um, week over week. It's a more and more people in the general economy are recognizing that it's a great time to inquire about getting a lower rate if you need one. Um, sometimes I feel like we 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 kind of go over this topic perhaps too extensively. There's people that um, should call right now to check in about getting refinanced. Um, the first group of people that comes to mind for me are the people that have mortgage insurance. Yep. If you bought your house anytime recently in the last five years, because these rates are effectively there at the five-year lows right now. Um, if you bought your home with less than 20% down, you have some kind of mortgage insurance, whether it's a higher interest rate or an actual monthly mortgage insurance premium that you're paying every month. And by the way, guys, some of these mortgage insurances, like for FHA, for example, they're going to last for the entire life of the loan. Sure. It looks like 1993 European Union was formed. 93? Yeah, 93. Um, Is that right? Well, actually. I feel like it's a lot older than it that. It could be. Uh, what was the EEC yeah, for yeah, a while? 19, Actually, yeah, that's right. Okay, it goes back to. Okay, they joined the European community in 1973. Right, there right. you go. So there it is. That's what we're talking about. But the actual years. thing goes back to 1957. Was Edward the Edward Heath years, yeah. Prime Minister. So it's the Treaty of Rome. So point being, it, we've only kind of moved on from that topic. The point is, is that there's of with all of that time, there's mm -hmm. a lot of work that needs to be done for that whole region to kind of get back on track and understand what it's like now uh, with the in the new climate. Yeah, because the that's whole thing started in 1957. That's pretty, yeah, pretty long ago. You um. I think I totally agree with you, Jason. Mortgage insurance, uh, you know, refinancing is a way to get that get, get that well, out of your budget. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that mortgage insurance isesn't just on or off. There are uh, it works in these little buckets that are related to how much equity you have, but also what your credit score is. Correct. 
And as your equity grows, each time it grows by 5%, your mortgage insurance reduces sometimes quite dramatically. Uh, this week I was working with a couple that had um, basically mortgage insurance that was $453 a month, and we were going to be able to do a refi that would get it down to 290 Interest rates stay the same. Yeah. So they didn't have enough equity for the mortgage insurance to go away completely, but enough equity to reduce it pretty dramatically. Mm -hmm. And if you could get the same interest rate, mm -hmm. uh, why not? You know, I mean, obviously you got to look at the closing costs and make sure that you're not, you know, tripping over a dollar to pick up a dime. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, mortgage insurance is one of the, the most obvious ones to me. If you're listening to this today and you have mortgage insurance, you need to call us and let us look at, a, there's different types of mortgage insurance that's available, but B, you might have more equity to where your mortgage insurance could be reduced or eliminated. Yeah. And one of the things we learn every time somebody does a study about who should refi is we find out that more than 60% of the, the people that are surveyed are ruling themselves out for criteria they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't have enough equity. Oh, I don't make enough money. Oh, my credit score is not good enough. Or, my interest rate's not lower. going 1% lower. All right. these weird things. And so I just want to remind people, you know, if I need foot surgery, I'm going to a podiatrist. Yep. I'm not going to attempt that with my Swiss Army knife. And that's what I consider you doing when you sit on your couch and try to talk to me about debt to income ratios or credit scores or what your mortgage insurance factor is. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. So uh, we do need to do a commercial break and we get back. I think there's a few other people um, that we could talk about that should probably uh, heed the advice and call um, to at least get a checkup on whether to refi. So let's do a commercial break. Take some time out to thank the sponsors. We'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21-day close. We get you fully pre-approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. 
That's Guns N' Roses. Yeah, back together performing. Yep. Hassel got over some of his stuff and yeah. apparently uh, Slash and him are getting along, apparently. He introduced the whole band, and then when he introduced Slash, it was like, and then Slash. Yeah. But then Slash comes out and plays like a six-minute solo where you're like, I think I'm crying. Am I crying? That would be good. great. Where'd you see him? AT&T Park. Oh, wow. Yeah. Best baseball stadium in the nation. Mm-hmm. That's um, I think what happened really is that Axl Rose's mortgages, a mortgage adjusted. <laughs> and he needed to be like, oh my God. He needed God. to collect some money. Yeah. It's funny that, that you say that because... Mm-hmm. On the when we were really going through the housing crisis, good. I mean, Dan and I were doing the show then, and we it seemed like every week we had like another celebrity that was having some problem with a mortgage that adjusted or something. Was the Jim? You got to remember some of them. One of them was like David Hasselhoff or something. Probably, yeah, yeah. Jose Canseco. There was all kinds of them. Like, oh, Chuck Woolery was a big one. Remember Chuck Woolery? Yeah. Oh gosh. Chuck the Lord, love, I have play. love infection or something. What was uh, that? Chuck love on? connection. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Uh, Chuck <laughs> Woolery had like a a mansion down there, and his stock ran out. I guess. Yeah. Sure. Poor guy. Bummer, man. Yeah. Big time. It's bummer. a major bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Other people <laughs> that could really consider stand to benefit that. from contacting us. You know, first of all, you you're you have um, read some of the sales books and done. Yes. Today you'll meet Carrie. He says that he's tired <laughs> like of being that. a gentleman. Yesterday he showed us which of these women he chose as his date. Today you'll hear what happened on that. Date. Yeah, they go out on a date and then they yeah. like talk about the date. Yeah, kind of like the dating game in a way. The best thing about that show was when they had like a miserable time and she would just like, uh, uh, "Oh, it was terrible." He didn't even open a door for me, and then he tried to make me pay for my own dinner, and then Chuck would be like. Well, you know, the dating game gave him $35 to buy you dinner. And he's like, you know, well, if she spent her own, I made 17 bucks. The funny thing about the dating game is That's like... That's why you're on the show, Chuck. There's like weird people that showed up on the dating game, like Sally Field was on the dating game. There's like no, people it's like... because it was like, all scripted. In Mans- there was a Manson family person that showed up on the Whoa. dating game, I believe. So it'd be like it's like when you see one of the commercials for the local businesses. Oh no no no! It wasn't uh, it was the kids or the customers? It wasn't sure. the Manson family. It was that uh, Richard Ramirez. Oh, eyeballs! Yeah, yeah. dude, was, that guy was in the valley when I was in the valley, and my dad had a friend named Richard Ramirez, but it was a different Richard Ramirez. What an unfortunate time to have the same name. Huh? Agreed. I think they called, and then and then all of his friends nicknamed him Eyeballs. Because he was a serial killer that like took the eyes out of his victims, right? That's the right guy, right, Jim? Yeah. Isn't it fascinating the just useless stuff that gets caught in your brain? Yeah. Um, I think that the other another great candidate for refis right getting now, back on track. Yeah. People that have been it's, serial killed. <laughs> no, there he is on the dating game. It's and he like won at the dating game. Yeah, no one can well, see. Well, I mean, he's pretty good at, looking. It's, well, yeah. it's quite impressive. Yeah, 
Um, Not anymore. Gosh, no. those other pictures, he looks terrible. Let's uh, say you're an individual who loves your house and got a mortgage, let's say, one or two years ago. And you were convinced when you bought the house that 4.125 was a great stellar rate. Are you kidding me? That is a great rate. Well, hold on. But now you've been making payments. Let's say you're the individual who doesn't buy a house that maxes him out. He gets that house that meets him at a 30% or 35% debt to income ratio. And he or she is putting extra money down every month. Let's just say you're putting $400 down without even telling your loan officer, Jason Grody. And you went in to see him. He could show you, you've owned the house for two years. You got a 30-year mortgage. You've got 28 years left. He could show you how a 20-year mortgage could only be three or $400, maybe $500 more than what you're paying now, and you lop off eight years. We used to run a commercial about um, refinance to increase your payment. And yeah. that was partially what we talked about, too. It was in that era where there were so many people that were refinancing just trying to save a hundred bucks a month because a hundred bucks a month made a big deal to their budget. Yeah. But what about those people that, um, you know, I, I pulled up central coast lending, right.com right now, just to look at what interest rates are doing. So this data is updated only weekly. And I think that Rachel puts this stuff together. It's either Monday or Tuesday. It's early in the week, right? Cause it's the rate update for the week. Right. And it's nice. It's sort of infographic with arrows that show you whether rates are up, down, sideways. Yeah. Flat, increasing, or declining. So this will get updated at the beginning of this week. So, you know, probably Monday or Tuesday. And you'll see some of those improvements Thursday and Friday in the market for us. Uh, we actually got a little bit of betterment, but none of the banks give you the full better interest rates on a Friday. Um, it's usually like they're increased about the change in, in the, um, you know, sort of the hedge over the weekend. And so they want to just leave some of that better for Monday to see how the market opens on Monday. Sure. Insurance. Also, sometimes it has to do with data that's anticipated early in the week, the next week. But anyway, point remains a conventional 30 year fix today. Um, again, this is last week's slightly higher than market interest rate, 3.375 with a 3.414 APR. That's really low. So if you are that person that even like Mike, you said somebody that has a four and an eighth, that's a killer deal. Four and an eighth is a great rate, especially talk to those people that owned real estate 15 years ago, 20 years ago. They'll tell you for sure that four and a quarter, four and an eighth is a fantastic rate. Oh, yeah. The difference between four and an eighth and three and three eighths on a 30-year fixed mortgage, depending on your loan amount, I mean, this could be hundreds of dollars a month. Correct. Um, and then I always like to point out that even though the rate is 3.375 for a 30-year, that's going to be... You know, if you are willing to do 3.5 or 3.625 on that program, that's where you could reduce or even negate the closing costs of the loan. Yep. So I really strongly dislike the term no cost right. because the cost is you're trading instead of adding some fees to your loan amount, you know, reducing your equity. What you're doing is you're trading for a slightly higher interest rate over time. And right. which amortizes worse. 
It can. Poorly. It depends how long you're going to be in the house. That's right. And how long you're going to have this mortgage. And this is one of the things that I think is really difficult for people to properly project. I always I always try to offer this help and advice to people is that, you know, it's in California historically people have these loans um for like 4 years. Mm-hmm. That's That's not a very long time. No. No. And the reason is like why would you only have a loan for 4 years? So I I don't and this is what I'm talking about. You don't want to pay closing costs to refi. And then end up only having your loan for two or three or four years. So why would you do that? Um, people refi and pay costs, believing they're going to be there for longer. And then here's what happens. Life. Most commonly, yeah, life. <laughs> right? <laughs> Most commonly, life happens. Um, you've got a desire, for example, to move into a bigger house. Yep, like over four years time, you get a few incremental raises and a couple promotions at work and, you know, or your you spouse does, or you both do, yeah. um, or you inherit some money or whatever. Now all of a sudden you, you're looking at, Hey, we always wanted to be over, you know, off San Luis drive. And that was seemed unattainable for us before. And now, now that the market, our house has gone up $100,000 in value over four years, so we're ready to sell that, put that additional money down, and buy this house on San Luis Drive. Mm-hmm. So something about the house like that. Um, here's another one. People don't anticipate the costs of college, and then so they got a kid that goes into college, and now you're helping with the rent, and you're helping with the car payment, and you're helping with the books, and you're helping with the tuition, and suddenly you're like, man, we're... I'm helping out a lot. <laughs> well, and I'm cashing out stocks that are invested in the market. Right. And all the while I've got, I could borrow at three and a half or 4% on the house. And so you get to a point where you're sort of wanting just by way of making prudent investments or even prudent liabilities, you're looking at the way to, to most minimize that cost. Yeah. And sometimes doing a refi is a way to do that. Yeah. Additionally, I mean, there's other the not fun things to talk about. Well, there's a couple more fun ones. I want to do an add-on. It's time to remodel the kitchen. Um, there's all these different things that we want to do where getting an equity line of credit or something like that is less than ideal. It's like a Band-Aid because they're adjustable rate in nature and they're higher rates typically. And so and you end so up redoing payments. the whole loan. Yeah. So then you redo the whole loan to get at that $75,000 for that additional remodel. So now you've had it for less than four years. Yep. Um, Those are kind of fun ones. Let's talk about the not so fun ones. Dissolution of a marriage where now you got a, you got a, the spouse that, you know, works out staying in the property has to refinance the other spouse off of the financial responsibility to the property. So now they're getting a new loan. or yeah. and, and that's a harder thing to plan for, but these things pop up. And what I'm doing is I'm attempting to show you why it's hard to predict that you're going to have this loan for 30 years. Correct. Um, you know, sometimes it's loss of income by way of, you know, job layoff or disability, sometimes death. There, yeah. There's all these different things. You said it best. Life happens. No matter what our our plans are, you know, 
intentions with a property is to have it. Oh yeah, I'm, I intend to be in this property until my son graduates from high school. That's going to take me out 10 years. And so I'm comfortable paying these closing costs to get down to this lower rate. Right. And then two or three years in the curveball comes and now all of a sudden we're redoing the loan and money lost there. Uh, so some people, you know, if you're like, well, you know, I don't have kids. I'm on a fixed income, so I'm not worried about income loss. This is my forever home. All these reasons I'm not going to be remodeling. I've already done that. All these things. So you say, I am comfortable talking about having that lowest possible interest rate. And I understand that comes with fees and I'm, I'm doing that on purpose. That makes sense. I can get on board with that. Uh, but these are the conversations that we like to have. So... Um, well, yeah, anyway, and- that I, I started in on this rant to say that that's why at times we want somebody to, even though you could get a 3.375 and have closing costs of three or four or 5,000 bucks, why don't we talk about 3.625 where you're, instead of saving 200 bucks a month, you're only going to save 140, but you're not paying all the fees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the trade off there. Those, those dialogues we like to have. Um, and in that, by the way, I named several other people that should refi or might want to call and check in on it. Yeah. Do you want to do an addition? You want to do a remodel? Oftentimes you get people that call in and say, okay, I need a construction loan. I've been doing my research. I'm going to do an addition. I'm going to add on a formal dining room with an extra bathroom and remodel the kitchen. So I need a construction loan. Yeah. Okay. So we start talking to him. Well, what do you owe now? $150,000 on your house and slow. Yeah. Um, you don't need a construction loan at all. Yeah. We need to do a normal refi for you and just do a cash out refi. So you're going to go get your bids and come up with your budget, figure out what it is, maybe buffer it a little bit. Um, you need $120,000 cash out. So we do a loan for you for two seventy. Um, long, by the way, long before you break ground or tear out that first chunk of drywall in Please. your house. Um, saving yourself so much headache and stress if you could do one of the conventional loans. So again, um, it's one of those things where you want to get the help from the professional. If you're going to end up wanting to do something like that, a refi or an addition, a remodel, any one of those things, that's where you want to call us and get our our help and guidance on making sure that you're going um, usually – the most affordable route, right? Like we're, we're usually pretty interested in saving you money because if I just talk to you about the easy route that happens to be twice as expensive and then you go online and Quicken says they can do you the slightly more difficult route at half the cost, I lose. So what we're generally trying to do is starting with the most affordable and cost-effective way for you to be financing whatever it is that you're doing. And then additionally, looking for that path of least resistance too. some of these programs or it just makes more sense to do something this way. Yeah. And also consider this. I mean, you just, there's just things you don't know. You know, when I go see my accountant, it's because I don't know, you know, how to depreciate things. You know, you might be coming to me saying, gosh, I just need to improve my situation because my son's going to school and I'm paying a lot of money for him to go to school. And all of a sudden I, in pulling your credit report, see like three other credit cards that you probably ran up over time just to kind of keep up with this new lifestyle you have of your son going to school. And, you know, those can be paid off. And now your new payment is lower than it was before we started, you know, outgoing budget payment, you know, because credit cards will charge you an arm and a leg is just a minimum payment. 
you can roll all that stuff in. So it's, it's really a counseling conversation, much like you'd go to see, um, you know, an accountant before you open a business. If you're going to make a big financial decision, you should go see your loan officer. And, oh, yeah. And we have offices in Paso, Atascadero, Morro Bay, and San Luis Obispo. Well, and the other thing, too, and I, I know I say this all the time on the show, that, and, and by the way, if you've had the opposite experience, call and contradict me now. The culture of our company is not to chase you around and be super salesy. We are trying to approach this from the point of, of doing a service. So my point is, if you want to call for some guidance or some help, get some counseling, try to come up with a plan, we want to be that for you without your fear of, well, once I call a sales guy, then it's on, you know, sure. I'm ducking him all the time. He's emailing me or mailing me things and calling me at all hours. That's, that's not the game here. Uh, our desire is really truly to be able to just to figure out how to best serve you. What can we do for you to help you accomplish your goals? And, and I'm even, I'm inclined to say that we'll do that on your schedule. He's what old. do you want to do? And, and if you, if it's the kind of thing where you just want to call and just say, Hey, these are all my questions. Um, and nothing's going to come of it. We don't even, I mean, I started to say this earlier, Mike, you, you've read some of the sales books and you're a bit better about scheduling your follow-ups and those kind of things. And not at all that it's like harassing thing, but I recognize for me, there's times where I probably should call somebody up two weeks after the meeting and say, Hey, you know, yeah, you've had some time to digest this. Would you like to discuss it? Do you have any more questions or is, are we putting this issue to rest? Mm -hmm. But I'm not even very good at that. It's like, I kind of approach it from the standpoint of we met either on the phone, on the computer or in my office. You know how to get a hold of me. Sure. I'm going to answer all your questions, do everything I can, put all the resources in your hands. And then we're going radio silent until I hear from you, you know? So it, that is certainly one approach. I'm, I, I personally, you know, you do business with people the way that you want business done with you. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of guy that if I come see you, whether it's about a car, a dishwasher, a personal trainer, the landscaper, whatever, I'm going to reach out to you. I got my questions. I'm sizing you up. I'm interviewing you. I'm talking to other people. If you're my guy, you're going to know it by my calling you back. I don't want to be harassed by you. Yeah. And I just know, I like, I have trying. a sensitivity to that. Yeah. But there are plenty of other people that say, no, I appreciate it. You know, I, I like that you have that thoroughness that you'll call back a week later and, you know, make sure that, that I'm all good. And I just didn't get so busy that I, you know, let it slip through the cracks. Well, me and Mr. Borrower or Mrs. Borrower sit down and have a conversation about their payment going up $350 a month, which they don't care about. We're staying on topic. If you just joined us, we're telling you to refinance to increase your monthly payment. He's going to go from a 30-year fix where he's in year 29, and he's going to go to a 20-year fix where he's going to pay less. He's going to pay $111,000 less in interest over less time by just paying what he's already paying to the bank. He's already throwing extra money down. So yeah, that's a call. That's, that's a meeting where if I haven't heard from John Doe in a week, I need to remind him that, look, John, your 55 year old self 
is already signing the paperwork. Where are you? Yeah. You're 35. I mean, 20 years from now, you're not going to have a house payment. And even if you did, you'd have saved, you're going to save $113,000. Divide that by 20. That's what you're saving every year. Yeah. And yeah, you kind of holding yourself to the grindstone today by electing to pay a little bit more. Sure. Sort of that delayed gratification, right? You're not going to have the same amount of money to go blow in Vegas next month with, you know, the other guys that are renting and having a great time. But like you said, your 55-year-old self is like, yeah, way to go. Well Pay that paid that house off. Now we can go to Vegas and like kick our feet up pretty good, stay a few extra days, no more house payment. And I think for many people, paying your house off is like one of those things where that's, for me anyway, I'm one of these people. I'm I'm tying when I get to retire to that number. Yeah. You know? Sure. Like we're all doing like we retirement planning. The show. Yeah. yeah, we want to sock away the money and get ourselves in a position where we're going to be able to afford the crazy healthcare costs that are going on and all these other things. What's the one thing you can control right now? Paying off your house. Liability, yeah. And you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to take the stairs. Whether that's <laughs> like, you know, making a 30, 20, 15-year payment, whatever that is, just a, just slow and steady. Just get on a plan and pay it off. And then that's where, that's where retirement becomes an option for most people. Yeah. Yep. No more house payment. I mean, that's that's the biggest bill in my life is my house payment. Yeah, I feel like insurance be, cost right? is a close second. Yeah, true. And then, you know, you have other situations in life where you talked about, as we're wrapping up here, I mean, you talked about other reasons to get look at refinances. There's other products out there too, you know. There's, there's products where you can have, um, you know, a first and a second. We can do that for you where you don't need that second. You don't need that money now, but you could have access to money to do things in your life. You're maybe getting ready to finance down the road. Like a individual who wants to become self-employed in the next two years. Maybe you and your wife, you know, qualify for that loan today and you want to go ahead and set yourself up to have financing. Think about it. It's, I know for, for what we do at Central Coast Lending, there's nothing more gratifying than helping someone find this aha moment. You know, it's not a purchase transaction. It's different. It's, it's playing with the numbers and figuring it out. And it requires good old fashioned conversation. Right. So that was my point And just kind of saying, you know, the water's warm. So give us a call. Let us help you answer your questions, give you that guidance, get you on a path. Um, that's what we're here to do. That's really what we want to do. Uh, activity all around you, by the way, you're, you see the stuff around as these mortgage rates are still hovering around all time lows. It's the right time to make sure that you're just in a good spot. I always like to tell people it's just, just like a checkup, you know, have somebody go through it and make sure that things are what they should be. And you guys have the resources right here of having um, the mortgage experts. So if you want that, you can go to centralcoastlending.com. There's a bunch of resources there. We put a lot of time into the site where you can look at calculators and interest rates and programs. Check that out, centralcoastlending.com. There you'll also find information where you could um, apply to uh, go ahead and fill out a loan application there by way of the website. Or 
just uh, make your way over to the website to find our phone number, which is 543-LOAN. That number rings all of our offices, 543-5626. And you can find somebody that would be happy to make an appointment with you. Sit down and go over your options, give you some good counsel about what those different options are. Uh, maybe even be working towards that retirement plan. So anyways, Mike, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having um, me. Lovely to have you fill in and give Dan a day off. Really appreciate it. Guys, we'll be back next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters. Do hope we'll find you then. This is 920 KVEC, San Luis Obispo, now an American General Media Station. News Talk 920 KVEC.